like going to a fucking like museum and then being like, oh, this is some fucking Renaissance era, like king shit. I don't like looking at that stuff. Like that's what a guitar is to me. Like it's mm. so like outdated as opposed to like current and modern. And this is just Sam's opinion. I love guitar. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the 118th episode yeah. of the Cassette Ends Creation. Oh, I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview bands and public figures in the MathCore and MathCore adjacent communities. If you beautiful people in chat have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them in. I'll try to read them aloud. If you like this up for five bucks, you get access to some exclusive emotes as well as access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming services. Uh, you can also sub for free by attaching Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking five bucks from Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Watching us on YouTube or listening to us in your car, I have no idea what I'm talking about. The show is first shown live on Twitch. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at twitch.tv slash the Cassettons Creation for the live cast. With that out of the way, let me introduce our guest today who dropped their debut self-titled EP back in April through 12 Gauge Records. Welcome in, Bone Cutter. How's it going, guys? Hey. Whoa. <laughs> Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do in the band? I guess we'll start with Robbie. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm Robbie, and I, I, I sing in the band. I'm just going to take it away. No, go <laughs> uh, my name's Andrew. I play bass in the band. My name is Sam Pura. I am the producer and executive creative director <laughs> and guitar player of Bone Cutter. <laughs> and then uh, we also have Chris who plays drums. He just couldn't yeah. make it today. And uh, who do you got? Exactly uh, what he said to uh, say, by the way. Oh yeah, Gotta... Chris. Chris, uh, we asked Chris. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. We yeah, asked Chris what he wanted to tell the people really quick, and he said, "Just breathe," and uh, something else. But stay I can't positive. Was, yeah, he did something say longer. Positive. Yeah, yeah. Just when times are getting bad, you know, just you got to just breathe. It's super inspirational. Breathe and stay so, positive. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, who do you got uh, on you right now, Sam? This is my uh, five-month-old son, Roman Lewis Pira. And I am the uh, stay-at-home dad this week because my wife just went back to work yesterday. So I am covering for our nanny while she's out of town. And I'll be back to work next week. Oh, yeah. Shout-out stay-at-home dads. <laughs> uh so you guys are heavy, heavy Lolo. Uh, back in the back in the day, you guys disbanded in 2012. Why did heavy, heavy Lolo break up to start with? Um, I don't think we did really. We just um, we got pretty busy. Yeah, we. I, I guess we did actually post something saying that we broke up. I guess that was me. Um. <laughs> I feel like you guys posted it like two or two years after y'all like already disbanded. And y'all, like, yeah, this isn't a thing, guys. <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know what what uh got that going but there was no reason um yeah no no ill will between anyone we all just like sick of it or something i feel something like, like that it's like i mean we just didn't really have jobs or places to live or any, yeah. any prospects for the future if we just kept doing that mm. Dan bought a mattress store, and that made it so he couldn't play music or something. Okay, that's kind of random, but alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> so heavy, heavy Lolo wasn't making like enough. I kind of figured you guys were like a, a big enough band that you could support yourselves. I don't think so. I think um, with time we've gotten 
more popular than we ever were back then. We were we were struggling because we were on larger tours, but that's only because our we had a good booking agent, so we got on those tours, and we wouldn't make diddly squat, <clears throat> and we'd just do it for like the exposure. Then toward the end, we started to do um, more personal tours with like Horse the Band and Fear Before, but we still weren't making money. I I I don't think I think the highest guarantee we had uh for a while was 700 bucks and that wasn't covering like the merch debt we had piled up and things like that so i guess i guess the answer is debt but also like yeah we did get tired of not having jobs or places to sleep or right not like like a stable lifestyle or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, also, Rob, what do you think would be the uh, highest um, you made in a merch deal in a night? Probably a good amount, but like that would go right back into yeah the merch yeah. debt because we'd we'd be like fronting the merch, and I'm not sure if we were building interest off of that, like when we when we borrowed it, but yeah, it would would eat us up. Yeah, I remember also, at one point it was Sounds of the Underground, and I think you guys were like, I remember you guys making like 1K in merch like a day, and that was like a very big peak time, which like today is like really not even that like notable, you know what I mean? So like to put that in perspective of like guarantees and then per diem and then like merch, like it's it's pretty much only like a thing that would cover a tour for these guys as opposed to like a year of life, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. We were yeah. fine like touring, but we had to do it 24-7. Right, uh, right. Whenever the, you're done, like you didn't have an income stream coming in or anything. The other thing was like uh that's like um like two thousand eight, like market crash had happened, so like people couldn't really afford to like like get into a show and buy merch and things like that. Uh which like we saw a lot of bands at that time sort of stop because of just like the support wasn't there because the other people couldn't afford it. Right. Uh, 30 seconds goes in the chat. I uh, say, so what I'm hearing is if Heavy Heavy Lolo got back together now, since they're more popular, they could support themselves with it. So reform Heavy Heavy Lolo. I mean, we also like are fine now. Like we're adults too. Like we don't have to necessarily live off the funding of Heavy. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, I, my next question was that uh, you all had some shows scheduled uh, before the pandemic and then had to uh, cancel them as Heavy Heavy Lolo. Uh, are we all going to be playing as Heavy Heavy Lolo whenever you're able to? Yeah, we... <clears throat> um, like it's still on the table? Yeah, we should. It should be... I mean, granted, COVID doesn't wipe everything out again. Uh, it should be happening this July. Oh, y'all have things scheduled already? I didn't notice that. Uh, we haven't told anybody, so... Just did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay. Dude, that's fucking hype. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we like, we're that's what that's our like target time to book something. So, okay, yeah, not, okay. nothing's like super there. But, but uh, it will be uh, if it does happen uh, the west and east coast. Oh, so like a full tour then? Nothing in between. <laughs> so, oh, so like, like one date here, then one date over there. No, five days, five days. Okay. Like, um, you know, West Coast and then East Coast. Okay. Let's see. Um, any, uh, 
Uh, you probably can't say who you would be going with. I was going to say, what, what bands would you want to go with? But I'm sure you already have stuff scheduled and such. So I can't ask you that. <laughs> Metallica. Metallica, fuck yeah. yeah, dude. That's the one. Yeah. With Lurie. <laughs> yeah. So, why did y'all... Why did y'all get back together as Bonecutter? And when did that happen, and what was the reasoning behind getting back? Um, well, we were... When we when we played Australia, when we did a tour in Australia, uh, Sam filled in on guitar, and it worked really well. It didn't sound exactly like um, heavy, so I think in the last during the last show, um, we were talking and we were just like, we should just start a band with Sam and play other tunes, um, and then you know that happened eventually so i think when was the australia tour 2010 10 something yeah. like that and then um yeah we 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 figured it out there yeah we even we even came up with the name cutter and that which later became bone cutter in australia wait so this band's been in the works for what 12 years well i guess it would have been 11 years by the time the ep came out like that long yeah, quite a while. It's just because you know, like there's like we were saying, life gets in the way. Sam is like a super popular uh, music engineer, human. producer, human, and um, dad, dad, right? <laughs> a scientist. Yeah, so a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we've kind of covered this, like, if someone's ever listened to us, but, like, yeah, we we were, we were, we started recording this EP, like, uh, like, 10 years ago. Like, the drums and bass were recorded a long time ago over, like, a few sessions, and then we just sat on it, and then it'd be, like, once every, like, two years, and we'd be, like, one of us would be, like, should we finish this record? And then eventually it just kind of worked out, and uh, like this sort of uh, momentum started again. And we... So y'all were just it's taking it super chill us... the whole time then. Like uh, y'all weren't like super serious about it. Uh, that's not the right words, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I when mean, you're we making serious, it, you're but, like, serious, but like yeah, you're, you're yeah. not like trying to push it out. Like, you it's know, not do or die. as fast as possible or anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Rob and I had a band called Downstairs, like at the same time. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I think we like recorded this before we re- we recorded the downstairs stuff. Even I think it's pretty old. Oh really? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, the drums and bass, yeah. Yeah, drums and bass. We should release those drums and bass because it's pretty different. It it sounds different without the without the layers, but it's pretty cool. That's crazy. I didn't let y'all. I had stuff so long. It won't take us ten years to make yeah. another record. Yeah. Though. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was that, Sam? I'm just saying, I don't even know if I have the old uh, drum and bass only version. Mm. Uh, speaking of that, uh, there was, uh, we were talking about, we had demos for Heavy Heavy Lolo's um, Turtle Nipple record. And uh, they they're, they sounded pretty different and sound pretty cool, but we searched for them and uh, we can't find them. So sorry, everyone, you'll never hear them. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Thank uh, you for trying, though. Thank you for trying <laughs> to find them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, why call why call yourselves Bone Cutter? Why not just go with Heavy Heavy Lolo? Like it's the majority of the lineup. 
I don't understand why you had to change the name to start with. Uh, we, we just like wanted to preserve um, Heavy as like the people that were in it. Uh, and though like they're, it's a majority of the lineup, like there's still two other guitarists, uh, Ryan, Ryan Chip Madden and uh, Danny. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I just it just felt like a different project, even though it's the same people. It's just yeah, it's important to mention how like uh, you know important Dan's role is in the writing process of Heavy Heavy Lolo and like the sound and like the aura and the vibe and like specifically like in my mind, if like Dan isn't a part of the project, like it's not Heavy Heavy Lolo. Really, you know what I mean? Like even though it has like the formation of it, like even like it's like if you took Rob out of it, it would be Heavy Heavy Lolo. If you took Chris out of it, it wouldn't be that like. If you took a brew out of it, it wouldn't be that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, just be like, oh, it's like the same like thing, but like a different direction and a different vibe. Like, just kind of doesn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah that's something I actually really respect of you guys for, uh, you know, going with a different name. Like, it'd be such an easy cash grab to go be heavy, heavy, low, low. And like, you'd be, dude, you'd be able to sell so many fucking records just putting out this EP or whatever. But y'all didn't <laughs> do that. And like, huge props to y'all for not doing that. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Thanks. I mean, who knows? We can maybe do some heavy stuff in the future, but yeah, exactly. Really, what Sam said is like, maybe we'll want to do some stuff, and like Dan, we wouldn't want to like have cut Dan out, or like imagine us playing a show where Dan's there, and then like Sam comes in and plays <laughs> these parts. It'd just be like, it's just too weird, you know. Um, so yeah, but what yeah. Is, I had a question though. What what is um. What what's the new chlorine pool house? Does know? <laughs> uh, so Holly in the chat, uh, she's got a, or I I think she's still building a venue in her basement. They've done some sh basement shows already, but uh, yeah. So uh, that's what it is. Uh, it's, oh, it's nice. up in Everett, Washington. Uh oh yeah okay sweet maybe we will. <laughs> uh, from what I've seen, the shows look insane. So uh, I, I feel like. It's it's not too far from i'm in portland so like uh maybe we'll do a secret show there holly on fourth of july yeah <laughs> secretly <laughs> yeah yeah that heavy like that was another kind of thing like about what you're kind of saying um where heavy was playing like these bigger shows and sort of getting into these like festivals and weird things but like what we really liked was smaller uh clubs or or like venues and like we did a, like some of our last tours were just like tours around the country at people's houses and stuff and um th it's like it's like what we'd like to do versus what maybe would pay and that didn't really make a lot of sense like we liked being that like chaotic weird avant-garde thing that you could play at your house and right. i don't think any of us really loved playing big venues like yeah that. sound guys suck yeah yeah <laughs> Sound guys. No, that's the feeling I get though from like doing research into you guys and like seeing what all y'all been up to. Like it seems like y'all care a lot about like the music and the scene and acting people, and it's not so much like trying to make a living off of it. It's all about the art, which is just awesome to see. Yeah, and Sam's like that middle ground where he's all about the art and that's making a living for him. Right, like that's what makes it unique. So pretty cool. Oh yeah, man. Um. 30 seconds go in chat says, uh, ask Robbie about whoopie pies. So Robbie, what about whoopie pies? <laughs> there are these nasty things. There's, I guess, Maine's, um, Maine's favorite treat, but they're 
they're disgusting. They're just like cake with frosting and then cake. It's like a moon pie, but <clears throat> not good. <clears throat> <laughs> no, we got those in the south too. I don't know why Maine's over here trying to uh, to claim them. Oh, you but, have whoopie uh, pies over there? Yeah. yeah I mean, funny. I feel like it's, the so- it's a southern thing. I didn't think it was a, even like a northern thing at all. Um, but anyway, they can have them. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, Justin Kastner in chat says, do a small church tour. Yeah, Justin Kastner. What's good? <laughs> Call him by his real name. Jay Boo. Boo. Oh, that's our homie growing up. Jay Boo. <laughs> yeah. Shout uh, out to Jay Boo. I miss you. Love you, Jay Boo. So apart from uh, some diff- different guitarists in this band, what's different on this album compared to uh, the later Heavy Heavy Lolo stuff? No breakdowns. Okay, yeah. Didn't y'all? Yeah. I didn't think y'all really had too many at the end of a heavy, heavy Lolo, though. Yeah, not too much. Um, no vocal samples. Yeah. I I don't know. What's, Wait, which one? Go on, sorry. I don't know. I guess what's different is just like a different time and place, kind of. I don't. It's very similar to what y'all were doing at the end of Heavy. At least it seems like yeah. it is to me. Yeah, like some of these songs we wrote, um, like the way they kind of, these ones came together was like Chris, Chris and I, like uh, the drummer, who we're brothers, so it's like we spent a lot of time together and it's easy to just like whip songs up on drum and bass. So like these songs came together uh, on drum and bass and uh, we weren't really sure like whether they would be heavy songs or not. So like they kind of were written as, um you know, like without the intention to like separate them or make them unique from heavy. Okay. Uh, in the very earliest stages of what these songs were, you know. So yeah. Alrighty. I mean, it does sound a lot like what y'all were doing. So you nailed it. Uh, so I saw in your Bandcamp, you say that uh, you're a shining knife of punk rock fury, reflecting the flickering stars of grind, pop, and metal. What part of this is pop exactly? <laughs> I mean, all, all rock is pop, essentially. Is it? Yeah, I mean, if you listen for it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think we got a lot of pop in there. The the piece is like of that is that none. It's none of it, right? It's like it's inspired by it. It's like all of it and none of it. Right? It's like it's flicker. It's shining a piece of all of that, but it is none of it too. You know. Oh, I, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's one of those things where it's like modern music in general has always like been really like pop has been at the forefront of modern music, and like when we're talking about like avant-garde noise and like the develop like you know the the attempt at trying to uh, like open up the space of what is considered like avant-garde noise metal and rock is like kind of where we're at, you know, trying to, trying to push more into like the most modern version of ourselves as possible. Right. I feel like y'all were ahead of the curve too, uh, towards the end of, of heavy's time as well. Uh, there's bands that are like basically doing what y'all were doing back then, still doing right now, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I feel like y'all were, y'all were ahead of your time. Um, yeah. Part of that's too, like, it's just like what we're inspired by sort of hmm. uh we were listening to like that was my next of, question actually was what you were inspired by <laughs> uh, yeah uh which is weird because there's like many phases of like because of how long we wrote this but like when we reapproached it 
uh, Sam had like lost his mind to Hyperpop. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, like we pretty much would like sit in the studio and just like listen to these insane songs that Sam was into. Uh, and I had never heard, but I thought they were just like pretty sick. It was like uh, pushing limits of like pop music and things like that. And, yeah, I don't know. Also, like, I don't What do you do? Cook Take, and shit like that. Yeah. Hmm. And then at the same time, like, there's the piece of like trying to be as original as possible. So, like, I, what I, uh, things that we're inspired by is like not always music, to like literature and poems and whatever experiences. Films. Yeah. Cricket slams that uh, it says you put hardcore riffs in. So, I'm assuming he means hyper pop, but uh, throw some hardcore riffs in. Yeah, like another thing is like Chris, like the drum, like you listen to the music or the drumming, like it's not like hardcore style. Like it has like blast beats at times, but like it also has like uh, like dance rhythms and things like that. So, well, that's something else that chat's saying. Uh, I guess it's where the pop could come in. Uh, Holly says it's danceable, Chong Sparkly says I boogie. So, uh, I guess because yeah. of the danceable element, it, it's like where the poppiness comes. Well, I mean, like, let's let's talk about, like, Nirvana for a second. You know what I mean? Like, Nirvana was, like, considered, like, the most abrasive version of rock that had come out, like, when it came out. You know what I mean? And so, like, when, like, when I listen to, like, hyper-pop stuff like A.G. Cook or, like, Charlie XCX, it's, like, some of the most avant-garde and abrasive, like, pop music I've ever heard. And it's, like, like what you would consider pop. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, like, bubbly and it's cheesy and it's, like, it's, like, Disney and it's also, like it sounds like daughters and it sounds like low and it sounds like, like really like noise, like heavy bands. And then you got bands like a hundred gecks who like say that they're like fans of heavy, heavy Lolo and stuff like that. Like Did they say that. It That's makes sick. sense. Yeah. Well, they said that they were like into like heavy, heavy Lolo and like uh duck, duck goose and shit. And it's just like, yeah, like That's obviously sick. that bands into that because like they're trying to be like the noisy party abrasive version, like of their genre. And like, that's like, that's what heavy was, was it's like, you know, like the pushing the envelope of like fun and noisy and abrasive and acceptable and like toying with the line and like playing with like what's acceptable. You know what I mean? Hmm. You need to send me some uh, hyper pop bands at some point, Sam. Uh, as a genre I've been trying to get into, but no I idea. Uh, I can give you a four hour lecture. Jesus Careful Christ. What you ask for. <laughs> so that, that was another thing trying to record guitars is we also. Uh, we're receiving four-hour lectures constantly. And then we have to like, what are we doing? We have to start recording. That's why it took us 10 years. It's just we had to do all this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we find more inspiration and stuff like that. We're so, scholars now, though. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, um, how does the writing process work with you guys? Well, I am, like, I mean. It, Very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Like, it's, okay. It's, like I, I mean, it's kind of weird because we we really only have four songs, and like those were maybe like written originally. Like the the foundation of those songs are written like so. Like we did without really even maybe knowing what what band it was going to be in. So like we're sort of exploring that now, um, like going forward in terms of like how we want to write songs and uh, what we want to maybe retain uh versus change or things like that so we've, we've not really like started uh in a, in a real like uh structural or like actual songwriting way but like 
we were in chats and we talk about like um, different types of music that we were inspired by. And so like really we're just like uh, gathering sort of what like approaches and ideas and, and things like that. So it we don't really know. So are y'all trying to be more of a band or whatever moving forward? Or is this more of like, you know, just see how things go like it was with this EP? So like we'll be getting another release in like 10 years from now. Or are y'all trying to like yeah, do something like, and well, you know, like uh, I guess a, a working band <laughs> or joking. one that's trying to put out an album every two years or whatever. Yeah. Is that like a goal for you guys? Or are y'all more like, you know, if it happens, it happens kind of thing. And like five years, we'll get something, something like uh we don't know i guess like i mean uh, like me and andrew are trying to do some stuff this year and like it's yeah. one of those things where it's like i'm already booked until like march april and so like for me to like fit in like stuff that i want to do like it's hard you know what i mean like i like and it's also like hard that i like have a child in my arms now too it's like i don't have much time like outside of like making records with dudes to actually like explore like making the shit that i want to make other than like having a clear like conception and like idea of like the framework of where I want to like what inspiration I want to like draw from and like put onto a canvas and like paint with these guys. You know what I mean? Like if I, I could draw my own picture, but like if I fucking like have all of us like grab the paint and like we paint the same canvas, like it's going to turn out way fucking different than I expected it. It's going to be fucking tight, you know? And like, that's kind of like the process like last time. And that'll be the process again this time is it's like, We'll, we just got to start throwing paint on the canvas and like going from there. And like, we, we don't really know like when or like how long or what it'll be. We just know that like it'll be tied and different, you know? Dude, I love yeah. that metaphor throwing paint on the canvas. It's really Yeah. It's also, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you talk about like whether, like, what is uh, like a real band and, and things like that. It's like, this, it's just whatever works for us. Like, uh, in many ways, it's, I mean, even today, what is a real fucking band? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we probably won't be, like, touring the U.S., like, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, that was kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, like, probably not. We could play some shows here and there, but, like, maybe not as well, and maybe it's just a studio thing. It really, it just works out where it's, like, when we get together, it's, like, we get dinner together. We spend time uh, hanging out, like, before we start uh doing things you know musically yeah something. once my son's old enough to be our touring drummer it'll work out pretty well <laughs> okay okay uh so robbie you do all the lyrics right yeah Alrighty, your lyrics are insane man and they've always been insane even from like heavy heavy low low days and stuff um it, it's this one's all about relationships right no it's not, not really crap <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> No, I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, a lot of it's about movies. Really? I thought, like, for and sure then, it was about, like, you know, I, is they're not, okay, so what are they about again? You want to tell me? I mean, one of them, I, I mean, a lot of them are, 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 are really, like, stories, um, right. like, scenarios that I've, I've made in my head. Um, you know, like, one of them is about, a couple who both <clears throat> both want to commit suicide but one doesn't want to go before the other so it's like it's like constant game they're playing where it's like you know so that's that's one of them one of them's about uh sam peckinpah who is a a, a western director he did you know like stray dogs and wild bunch and stuff like that and 
that is about that song's about being an extra on the wild punch and uh realizing that your idols are just kind of shitty and built on you know the backs of other people um is that a director you're really into then i guess yeah i love sam peckinpah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked him up. I didn't recognize any of the movies that he made. He's pretty problematic. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, and he was he was always you know getting sh- shit faced and directing and like just like always having fights with the producers about money and stuff like that. Apparently, he was a real shit bag, but he made good That's movies. That's fucking so. tight. Yeah, he was a wild man. Wild bunch is a classic. You should you should watch it. Yeah, watch um. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. That's uh, my favorite of his. Maybe I'll have to check him out. Uh, but yeah, dude, I totally thought, like, as I was reading your lyrics, I'm like, oh, this is about, like, you know, boy and a girl and all this other shit. <laughs> but I guess they're not. I mean, the first yeah. one definitely is. That's the one about the couple trying to commit suicide, right? It was the first one, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't remember. I got that, that one right, at least, but it's all good. so where does your inspiration come from uh i assume like movies and like and stuff like that movies and tv shows but you know films and literature yeah uh because that's all i do is read and write and watch movies so what's your favorite movie uh, i mean i it'll change every day but night of the living dead 1968 is my my favorite Okay, okay, solid choice. Or uh, An American Werewolf in London. Let's say that one, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my favorite movie. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think I've seen that one. I've heard the name a million times, but I've never actually seen it. It's good. It's my good. parents uh, went on a date. One of their first dates was to see that movie. Oh, that's probably why it did so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 they said, they went on. <laughs> I watched Stalker the other day. So oh, nice. I'd, I'd never awesome. seen it before. I don't think I've seen that one either. Stalker. You should see um, Solaris. By, oh hell yeah! Uh, that's, that's by uh, Tarkovsky as well. Yeah. Yeah, this shit's sick, man. That one's awesome. Um, is there like a uh, uh, author that's a big inspiration to you too? I feel like that would probably impact your lyrics a little bit more than uh, movies, right? I mean, Corey McCarthy is huge, but Stephen King as well, and uh, Jersey Kaczynski, Samuel Beckett. Uh, hmm. yeah, Truman Capote. So, are all of your lyrics like stories? Then that's like your deal. Yeah, I, I mean, my life's not interesting enough to. Uh, back in the day, like, I kind of hate um, some of the angsty lyrics that I used to write for Heavy Heavy Lolo because they're just like, I think it was me trying to be um, like another person like like putting on a mask or something well i think i was just trying to like emulate like other um writers and things like that in terms of like lyrical content and things like that and then as time went on by like turtle nipple i was like oh wait you can just write stories and they're way cooler than like you know like after you stop doing drugs or whatever it's like it's like okay, I'm just gonna start writing, you know, things like stories instead of you know things about my life. Yeah, cause I get, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we all kind of learned that too. Like a lot of the song structures, like our writing style at Turtle Nipple changed a lot, and like um, 
even like the way we'd approach writing songs was like to create like a feeling as you listen to like the musical aspect of it right we'd be like okay like for this song imagine this scenario and like try to uh create like what the audio of that would sound like uh like like, i don't know like whatever crossing a desert panic attacks yeah like um, or whatever and and i'd say like even the music itself was like inspired by a lot of uh literature which is kind of weird but yeah i don't think that's weird that's a really interesting take actually like uh that's the type of stuff that can like separate you from the pack you know what i mean i feel like that's probably how you came up with a lot of the weird shit that y'all y'all have come up with yeah, like instead of saying like, oh, like people, like what's in these days, uh, like these, this sort of like generic riff into this uh, generic bridge, and it, it's more like, uh, like life is more entangled, yeah, complex than that. And so, random. Yeah, and random. Yeah. I think the other thing that's kind of important to mention is like, like Andrew with pedals is like kind of a really good exploration of like how, like, when you like pick up a guitar and a bass, like it honestly feels like so fucking like it feels like uh, playing a violin, like a classical instrument, like a super outdated thing. And we are like, oh, like I'm like writing a riff and it sounds like weird on this guitar. And then like you put it through an amp that has hella distortion on it. And then it all of a sudden starts to sound like kind of more aggressive in how you feel. And then all of a sudden you like throw it through some weird delay or some weird like synth delay. And all of a sudden like it becomes something you didn't expect. And it's just like that's even cooler than like the original like color choice that i had you know what i mean and then that like that creates like another like inspirational like uh impulse that you like then follow and like the whole thing just kind of starts to create itself based on like actual like intuitive impulsion you know what i mean damn dude that was a good description <laughs> yeah. nice. uh i got one more question about the lyrics and we'll move on from that uh you got one called my dead wife is a cat meow so is your wife a cat and is she alive uh no my wife is alive uh that so that's halfway um uh homage to lucio fulci the italian horror director okay and it's also a an homage to um pedro the lion uh i forget what the uh song is um but it's when he was still christian it was on an ep but I think he says I something love like that, Pedro the Lion. Um, to spend a whole winter with a wife as a cat, uh, or with yeah, with a cat as a wife. I forget the I forget verbatim, but yeah, it's something along those lines. Okay, I thought that was a really weird uh, song title, and uh, wanted to know where that one came. From. That one's interesting. I feel that I feel that the thing we get is like um, people perceive us as like we're just constantly making like jokes uh, about like people like oh they just love a silly name. Uh, but there's always like a weird backstory uh, that's actually pretty complex and somewhat sophisticated. I feel some of them. Yeah, well, yeah. Even turtle nipple, dude. Like, well, yeah. I mean, tur- like the idea behind turtle nipple is just like create something that's just really, really the weirdest it could be. Yeah. Wasn't it like you had a three nipple friend and then it became like a trip nip and then a turtle nip and then like. You guys knew someone that had toxic shock or something like that, and it was like turtle nip and the toxic shock, and then like then we got eagle munadria. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. a few like pushed together story. That sounds like an internet um, amalgamation. Yeah, maybe not like completely. <laughs> it sounds like some 4chan shit. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it was just like pushing stories uh, into one uh, nonsensical story. 
feel like uh, we well, just enjoyed nonsense. The toxic shock part was from um, an an imaginary. Uh, what was it called? What are those called? Jet skis? Oh yeah, an imaginary jet ski uh, biker crew called the Toxic Shock Skull Patrol that uh, Matthew created. A jet ski biker crew, okay. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of skeletons riding around on jet skis and fucking shit up. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. With the, the Pit Viper classes, too. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Oh, speaking of classes, I did want to shout out uh, Duck Duck Goose. Thanks for giving me these glasses. Uh, for for anyone who knows, uh, I recently played bass in Duck Duck Goose, and if you play bass in Duck Duck Goose, they'll give you these glasses too. So, <laughs> that can be, uh, so sign up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Sam, you uh, produced, engineered, mixed, and mastered this. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it took a long time to get it all together. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, how did how did uh, how hard was it to put this all together? Um, it was unique. I mean, there's several stages of it. Like, first was like recording drums, and then like recording bass, uh, which was like that was a unique process in itself because like I changed like my my process like every year. So like going back drums like every year, like I'm like, oh, I gotta like change this about it. I gotta change this. So I kept like updating them like every year as I like opened it, but also at the same time, like try to keep it like it was, I was limited to what I used to do, which was like kind of a very limited approach to things. So that was kind of unique. Uh, also like uh, me and Andrew have a famous story about how like we got like the best bass tone ever out of this bass amp when we were recording bass and uh, then it like blew up and it didn't work anymore and it never sounded as good. So I sold it, but like, it was like the best bass tone I ever heard in my life. Like we were just like absolutely fucking like, tearing apart that amp with how like heavy he was just like pushing so much distortion into it um but yeah that was that was pretty cool and then uh once i started doing like vocals with rob like that's when like i started getting real excited about the thing again and being like this is actually pretty tight like i had like you know some scratch guitars that i had like put on there but it was like i i did like again like i think the guitar is like a fucking violin like outdated classical instrument like it's so unmodern like i don't want to just like play guitar riffs like it's about like playing like avant-garde noise and like adding like the cool type of like sounds and things that I hear in my head that I want to like add to the project. So it's like, it's much more of like a collaborative process of like hanging out with Andrew in the room and like trying to do tight shit and like ultimately like feeding the signal chain, like the noise that the guitar like needs to generate in order to like have the sounds that we want to create, you know? So it's kind of like a, once the search is in progress, the destination will be found type of scenario. Um, and it always is like, wow, that sounds like fucked up. I remember there's one part where like we did this like alternating harmony where like I was doing one and Andrew was doing another and like we had listened to it back and like we both looked at each other after listening to it we're, and he was just like pretty fucking tight, dude. And, like it's just like super wild and like different like shit that we would never come up with, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, we were like looping guitar parts um, and then like so we recorded all the guitars like sort of just. Uh, without any pedals or like distortion. And then we just like play around with uh, whatever the, the best sounding piece. And like me and Sam would just be in the studio and like the single piece would like loop over and over. And like, I feel like we just would listen to the same thing like 40 times and be like, 
this is fuck. <laughs> this is fucked up sounding like that. <laughs> Another thing about it is like I don't think any of us ever cared about trying to uh, create a, a sound that like we could duplicate live or anything like that. Yeah, so, like uh, that like gives us a lot of freedom to just like explore. Well, yeah. The other crazy thing is like that no one like understands is like you know with the way that we approach like or I approach like making records is like I'm a very part by part specific like what is this riff what is this and like as all these songs are like here's one moment then another moment and so like there's it's really like every song has like like 30 snapshots of sections you know and like if like sometimes we would just like be looping these like three second sections and it's like this is like cool as it's like we should make a song out of just this loop right now like as opposed to like oh like let's play the whole song front to back like dog like instead like let's just stop what we're doing and just take this like weird three second like feedback thing loop that make a brand new song over this like that's kind of like and then that's where i was like man i i want to make like remixes out of this and like but ultimately like i'd rather just like do exactly what i'm talking about and make new shit out of like our old shit you know what i mean like start with a loop of our old song and make a brand new song out of that you know like but yeah that's like that's the fun part it's like reamping like section by section and just getting like the most fucked up weird sound for each part and like when you listen to it like front to back it sounds like this cohesive thing but like actually like if you concentrate on it like every like five seconds there's a whole new sound there's a whole new thing that's going on like it's constantly like progressing and shifting and like morphing into like more noise that is like more unique we don't try to keep things like stagnant and like loop a fucking riff four times or anything like that like that's i find that unimpressive in this type of genre and attempt of like you know there's there's no like let's dance out this part unless like if we're gonna loop it like and add an ending of the song like well then we're gonna loop it for like three minutes then it just makes this like this weird like thing where you like stop forgetting where the loop is and it just becomes this like this trance you know what i mean like, dude that's a really cool way to visualize your music uh that's just awesome man i love uh people that can like go the extra mile and make and uh we got weird ways to, to make music uh, that's fucking sick yeah, he's talking about that looping part at the end. Uh, that's that like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I forget what the lyrics are. Something, something. The dancey part. That part's pretty sick. If you ever like, like take a listen to it. And you listen to the drums and they're like on one count, and then the bass is like on some weird fucked up count. That's, yeah, like, it's a tool polyrhythm. We were really inspired by Tools Anima for that moment. <laughs> big Tool fans, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, like just like just listen to that part and it's like really easy to get tranced and forget because like uh vo vocals are on like this four four and drums are on this other thing and uh it all like comes together like every now and then but like it's often like sort of straight and not correct and then correct again and it's pretty weird it's weird weird moments hmm. you know, in the song. yeah and then the guitar overdub that you did that we made even more off time was really awesome so it's like it was like drums are like in four vocals are like in like six like, I, I mean, you wouldn't even be able to time this. It's not even correct. Like, it's so, like, and that's the fun thing was, like, old interviews would be, like, yeah, Heavy Heavy Lolo, like, incorporates moments of jazz. It's, like, no, it's just called freedom and improvisation. You know what I mean? Like, it isn't jazz. It's know? called freedom. <laughs> By the way, January 6th tomorrow, what's everyone doing for the insurrection? <laughs> Fly to the Capitol tomorrow, baby. <laughs> 
so you're saying that a, a guitar is like a, uh, uh, a, I forgot what you called it even. Uh, like it's, it's old a violin. Instrument. It's a cello. Bi- it's a violin type it's of thing. Yeah. Uh, so like, like going, what is a like modern instrument a for you like, then? Just like well, a computer? I mean, like, no, like, like we're talking about painting and stuff earlier, but it's like, like going to a fucking like museum and then being like, oh, this is some fucking Renaissance era, like king shit. I don't like looking at that stuff. Like that's what a guitar is to me. Like it's mm. so like outdated as opposed to like current and modern and like current and modern shit would just be like weird sense and like weird, like, uh, like, I mean, obviously like generative is like the new thing. Like, I, I, like, you know, people are getting really into fucking Eurorack stuff, but like what they really like about Euroracks is like, the randomness and the generation of like all of it, you know, it's like shit that like Brian Eno was preaching like in the fucking late eighties, early nineties before anyone could like conceive of this, you know what I mean? But like really like what's cool is like making music that like creates itself for you and like making like loops out of those and morphing that it's like, it's like splice and shit like that. Like people are just going to like pulling loops and like putting together things like sand, like there's no more, like I sampled this song and made a song. It's like, I took like this hi-hat sample that someone threw online and I sampled like this one piece of this and I made this out of it. And then I threw my vocals on it and then it became this, like, that's like tight. That's like the most modern way of like making music as opposed to like, okay, boys, let's get your guitar, bass and drums and let's be a rock band. Like, like honestly, like, I mean, come on, like the the Ramones got together, like in what year, like the fucking sixties, seventies, like, that shit's like 50 years old now, dog. Like that's fucking old. You know what I mean? Like Nirvana's like, never mind, came out like 30 fucking years ago. Like that's old, dog. Like that ain't some current modern shit. Like it makes me feel dated and it makes me feel like uninspired. And it makes me feel like when I listen to like the modern avant like pop shit that I try to like really like take influence from, I just feel like embarrassed and like in a niche like way as opposed to like, wanting to use and incorporate that like i don't know how much you know about radiohead but like kid a is that exactly <laughs> where, where he was like how do he's like you know, I you fucking, know about radiohead yeah but i mean like you know they they made fucking uh okay computer what she considers like the rock band you know and then he's like we're missing the point we got to like start fucking with like synths and drum machines and he was listening to a bunch of apex twin and bjork and shit like that and it's like we gotta we're, we gotta make music like with new tools and shit like that and that's well, I can't wanna, you like, just like make the guitar more more, modern you know? by adding like a bunch of pedals and shit like that? Like, isn't it the same thing? Yeah, we've done that sense? every single record that we've ever made anything. Like, we've you're talking about the heavy of the Lolo sound already. You know, this is just Sam's opinion. I love guitar. <laughs> Rob's wife is a guitarist, but also, guitar. I spend every day of my life recording and engineering guitar, so it's it's old and outdated to me. You know. Yeah, I, I think like it, it, it matches up with what your statement about like the uh, like a band where like really the instrument that we are trying to take advantage of is the studio and is absolutely like, is like the philosophy that like there's no real rules and that we just can take yeah. a guitar and, and get it using and loop it yeah, using the studio as the instrument is the most like freeing and like it's the way that we can create the music that like we all want to hear, you know, as opposed to being limited to like amplifying sound in a room. But then that means like, uh, uh, like, you know, it's not, you can't really always do it live that well, but as I mean, we did that, that live, um, the math core thing and that worked out pretty well. I was actually, I wasn't sure whether yeah. we'd be able to play these songs live at first, but 
I thought yeah, the shot did a life. sick job. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the first time we'd ever played these shows or these songs together. Uh, in many ways. I mean, it was the first time. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not the last. Uh, hope y'all can like bring this on the road at some. Yeah. Um, yeah, Boeing, cool. Boeing six six seven and six 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 seven uh, in the chat says Sam Perry's uh, opinions are not that of twelve gauge records. I was gonna say I think uh, Jihad's <laughs> in, the, in the chat now. Um, and uh, Trav Bob Metal Pants wants to know what instrument the baby plays. Trav Bob. Uh, he plays a blip box currently. We made a beat today. Uh, it sounds like this. Let's turn it on. People are gonna think we fucking hate guitar. Flip <laughs> box, Damn. baby. See, you know, we're making good shit over here. Also, Tom. you know, I, I really like my OP1, which is like my calculator I use. It's like every fucking day. And I record like vocals. Like I've been, I've been doing shit. Like I'll record guitar and then like put it on that OP1. And like play the guitar on that instead of playing an actual guitar. Chunks Barkley in chat says he's the first dad I've ever seen to hate guitar. My dad fucking loves it. Yeah, how old's your dad, dude? Is your daddy your dad? <clears throat> uh, so dad probably is a guitar. Clear but, uh, that. Santa says I have four guitars hanging up in front of me right now. Like, don't get me wrong, I love guitar, and also like I love making noise, but like. I don't want to be limited to my guitar. You know what I'm saying, Doc? He's being inflammatory. Chong said that purpose. his uh, dad is old as fuck. But, uh, so anyway, artwork uh, was done by Andrew. Uh, we got it actually we got it up the stream now. What exactly is going on here with, like, the lines stream. coming off the guy in the corner and everything? Uh, yeah, I guess, like, to be a, a little more clear, I'd say the artwork was done by Rob and I. Like, we kind of collabed on it. I, I did the, oh, okay. Like, the digital um he did most of it yeah i, I did a lot of it but like i, I like uh, rob did the uh, logo and stuff am i right well so rob did all the type font um okay the the lines coming off the guy uh that's that's a picture of my brother in this in a, a blizzard uh that i took um and then i wait we, for real or yeah 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 uh okay and so like and then we drew on top of him a bit um ah! <laughs> uh yeah i don't know uh, like so like uh it, oh yeah here you have it there so you can see it now so like yeah zoom that up uh like it's a picture and then on top of that it is like that blizzard is uh accentuated by sort of chalk that rob's niece had drew uh and then yeah i don't know i don't know honestly we just like i i, I liked the like grayscale uh, i like the like sort of confusing uh ambientness of the chalk and then that's just a, a picture of my brother that i used watercolor to paint <laughs> it's not as complicated as it seems i guess Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a cool cover. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it. Um, huh. I, Thank you. <laughs> such a weird way to put together an album cover, but okay. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, like, album cover and album art is always very really weird. Uh, like, it kind of sets a tone for an album. 
I don't know how it ever comes together. I don't know how we chose ones in the past. Well, like you did so much work on your music videos, which is what we're going to talk about next. But uh, like, I don't know. It just kind of seems like your album cover just sort of happened. Not uh, it wasn't really. I mean, it did take me it. like months. Like, like we did a lot. There is more to it. Like we had lots and lots of uh, like versions of it, and whether the chalk would be there and like, oh, like we think originally it was just this one picture, a photograph. And then like, you know, we we're like, oh, like, I, I think it's lacking. It needs more. And then um, what we kind of decided with the chalk is like, you could use that as our theme in general, like chalk and watercolor. And so, yeah. Chalk has snow, you know, cause the photo of his brothers is uh, in the snow and then, I just so happened to be at my brother's house and his daughter had drawn a like a mountain looking thing out of chalk and it looked like snow and we were putting together the artwork at the time so I was like, oh, why don't we integrate this? I took a photo of that and so oh, yeah, my the niece chalk is like, a lot more sense now she's three years old so it's like her first uh, art thing. She's super stoked about it. Mm. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's a it's a thing. Uh, I like it. It means a lot to yeah, me. Lot. Something about it. There's a lot of layers to it. Don't get me yeah. wrong, I think it's really really cool. Uh, it's pretty iconic looking. I haven't seen anything First, like it. First we're not before. a band. Second, we just throw together album. <laughs> <laughs> and third yeah. you hate guitar. <laughs> yeah. It's antiquated. It doesn't mean shit. We will not be using guitars any longer. <laughs> So uh, one thing that I feel like y'all did an awesome job with is uh, doing music videos for every song. Like, holy crap, guys. Every single song. Uh, we got oh, fuck. Sea of Broken Needs playing now. Uh, this is the one that y'all actually uh, debuted as like your first single, I believe, right? Yeah. The tsunami, dude. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, seeing people talking about this. It's like, holy shit, Heavy Heavy Lolo's back. What the fuck? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what's the story behind this uh, this video, though? Um, it has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song. Um, but it's heavily inspired by, like, uh, giallos, uh, like these Italian horror film offshoots, um, which is why I have the leather gloves. Um, yeah, I just had this idea... I know I'd seen it before, I don't know where, but um, just of, of uh, somebody who had just committed a crime running toward the camera as if the camera was a witness to the crime. Uh, I just thought it, it was it would be uh, an interesting idea to make like a, just something propulsive, something that was constantly moving forward, but I, I didn't think about it when I planned it and I was out there and I was just running over and over again. I was like, fuck, I can't do, I can't like sing the song and run at the same time. I'm a smoker. I drink. <laughs> so it's like, I didn't, originally it was supposed to be like a, like a one take thing. But then as I did, I was like, we'll just cut it. We'll just fucking do some, some dancing or something like that. Uh, I love how you brought that up right as it was ending and he was like on it and you were like on your knee or whatever, like you're yeah. catching your breath. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was dying, dude. Cause it was, <laughs> it was pretty far and it was like, I was running in like 
Chelsea boots and like slacks on a gravel road where I couldn't like see what was going on in the middle of Vallejo, like Mad Max Vallejo. It was <laughs> it was interesting. That's awesome. Go as planned, but it came out uh, better than I planned as well. So yeah, I think originally we were just going to do that one, and then uh, pretty quickly we we're just like, well, we don't have that much more. Why don't we just do one for each one? Oh yeah. Uh, this next one is how to force feed your children and friends all of your failed ideas and syndicate steps, which is a banger name for a song, by the way. I fucking love that title. It's fun. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's the. Uh, this one's a tsunami. I thought the other one was. I forgot which one was which. This or the other one's a storm, but tsunami. I think that's the one I did. Uh, this one our buddy uh, Timmy Murphy did. He does. He's uh, he does like short films. Uh, that's my house up there during a snow event. Uh, and he does like our buddy does like horror slasher. He used a weird aspect ratio on this too. I, I guess to make it look Lusters. like a uh, uh, what do you call it? A home video or something? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. He yeah, he rented a camera for this. Um, not sure. Hmm. Okay. The uh, there's also a yellow hoodie in this. Uh, I, is this like supposed to be a continuation of the uh, other video? Yeah, that's a good question. We talked about Yes, that. it was a specific yellow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was it's, serendipitous. Yeah, it's bone cutter yellow. Um, yeah. <laughs> we need to just like make a hoodie like that. Um, no, we talked about it. Uh, and we just It's funny because they did the first shoot on this for the first day and then we made them redo it again because we were like, yo, you forgot to do the yellow hoodie. Yeah. Like, we got to do the throwback. <laughs> and it's they're, actually, they're like, yeah, he actually color replaced it. It was like an orange hoodie. Yeah. I can't uh, tell if y'all are memeing or not, but, uh, I, you know. I mean, we're just fucking around. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. We, we, it's like a nod to the other video, but it's not like, that's about it. It's just like, this also has a yellow. Okay, okay. Uh, y'all should have done, uh, done a whole storyline. That would have been really sick. Uh, something you need to keep in mind for it. I like your time. creative direction for this. <laughs> yeah, thank we'll you. keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Well, no, I really yeah. thought that it was a, a continuation on it. So did you see those hands right there? Those are real hands, and our buddy got um, had to go to the hospital for frostbite. So, what <laughs> was? we had? Yeah, did you see that? If you go back, there's like yeah, a... Yeah, that's not a joke. It was like actual uh, a health emergency because his hands... Because we were in the snow like all fucking day. Oh, that? That's real? Holy shit. Yeah. No way, dude! Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this, fuck, uh, man. I hope he's okay. Is he all good? No, he's fine. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, and then that like uh, that slasher um, sort of shot in the beginning. We were just going through my garage and we saw um, this. We thought this saw looked pretty fucked up, and you know, we fucking made it. I think I think we made pins out of that that same saw. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. So I think there's a few more. Buy some pins, though. <laughs> What's up with the uh, my, my dead wife is a cat video? Uh, just seems to be like a bunch of like, I guess military footage and stuff is kind of spliced together. Yeah, I made this one. Um, I have this other project with a friend called World World, and um, we make like we like make music and then we do like green screen archival footage onto it. Um, and we like play uh, our good, our like, sorry, Sam, we play guitars in front of these uh, 
That's why he <laughs> like left because you mentioned but, guitars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, um, I don't know. I kind of wanted to just like practice that same approach without like green screening um, and just make, I don't know, like a, a weird sort of archival vintage feeling piece. Uh, I guess the other, um, the thing with this was like, we wrote this song the day that Tsunami happened. And so uh, I kind of wanted to like, I don't know, like, like, it, like take sort of like, have, have to do with the ocean in some way. And so I had it be that like, bombs explode and then that like seems to like raise water and then people sort of just like fucking fuck around party on it party yeah, on I was gonna it. Say, yeah. yeah exactly. definitely having a having a blast on that <laughs> that's kind of I, the like the like hues at the end are like green swampy and weird so, yeah i don't know but it, i just like i thought it was just chaotic and fun it's <laughs> oh, cool and i like yeah. Uh, then the last one here, we got a uh, and paw leather crackle. Um, yeah, what's uh, what's going on with this one? Uh, my buddy Robbie Racine, uh, he makes he, he's a Reno native. Uh, he makes like short films and music videos and things like that. And he's also a fellow cinephile, so I reached out to him and. Um, Asked him if he'd be interested in making a video for us. Uh, so we were trying to find um, a female filmmaker or something to make the last one. So it wasn't like a boys club, but just like, I don't know. We, we looked, but we, we also, no, we, we, we didn't no. spend any money on this. So it's like. For Robbie, I was just like, dude, can you just make something? Like, go to the <laughs> woods and make something. Like, and he go made. Some, he, it, I love his video, but uh, yeah, no one got paid. No one had a budget or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I think I think we came out pretty well with with what we had made. Well, now that you've made all no this budget. money off of this, man, you got you got to pay him something. You know, you're rolling over yeah. in the cash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Please buy records. <laughs> buy the records yeah. so they could pay pay the uh, guys that do the videos. For. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a love of uh, we do it for the art, you know. Like Sam put in all this recordings time. Uh, you know, I don't know. None of us have been paid for this. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I, mean, I haven't even seen a Spotify royalty. I, I've seen more Spotify royalties on my own solo song than I have on there. <laughs> I think we're we're paying. Uh, the record label back. Uh, the, another piece of this is like we um, we like what's up, Kristen? Hey. Uh, we we chose to like uh, <laughs> make nice. We wanted to make everything like really nice, like the the seven inches like uh, deluxe version and uh, all these things. So like we uh, we let twelve gauge records like put in a ton of money to like create something and like pay tribute to this uh, in a way. That wasn't just like cheap and fast. So. Yeah, it was expensive. So yeah. what you're saying is that you're in a ton of debt to 12 gauge. Yeah, uh, yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> About to lose the house. It's that bad. Not a ton. It's like... We're mowing this lawn on the side. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the I think there's. I guess I'd say there are records left, but there, there's not that many left. Uh, I, I got a few. Almost, yeah, yeah, there's some. Of them. 
Uh, yeah. Sam, Sam selling his personal copies. Five bucks each. Yeah, I get, yeah, I get a few out of the studio. Everyone I give it to, it's like so excited about it. It's yeah. funny. Hellish like, to get like, out of the out of the rat. Huh? Yeah, right. It's kind of funny. Um, and then everyone's like, "Oh, it comes with a poster. How cool, man!" Like, uh, it's funny because when I saw the posters, I didn't realize that it was in this. And I had told you, I was like, "Man, like we should have done those in like a roll-up tube." But like uh, I didn't realize that they came in this. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I, well, I had the poster. Like I thought it was like a special like side poster that you would order. I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks that it was folded. You know, and, oh, yeah, it comes yeah. with a poster. You I can, didn't know that. That's fucking sick. Yeah, you can flatten it out. Yeah, Just put a bunch space, of yeah. uh, heavy heavy books on it. Yeah, yeah it's tight. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's several crazy. weeks. Yeah. Uh, Holly asks Robbie, "What's your uh, favorite basic video editing program in terms of visual edits and collaging clips together?" That's a great question. I'm curious too. I think I know the answer. Basic? I mean, I I use uh, Premiere Pro. Yeah. It's not super basic, but I learned it all through YouTube and just like trial and error. It's it's pretty darn easy to use and. Adobe does a um, monthly subscription if you're like me and you're poor. Um, so it's like it's unfortunately if you're a student, it's even cheaper. So it's like twenty bucks a month. But if if you're not a student, I think they figured out that I'm not, and they started charging me thirty dollars. How they figured uh, out? I don't know. Maybe they contacted <laughs> the, the college or something. No, they said they. I went someone to... showed them the Australian Border Patrol video on yeah. YouTube, and then they were this like, guy's "This guy's not going to school." <laughs> this, like, this, this guy has a, a lot. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> I think you'd agree with me on this, Rob. But uh, wouldn't you say that iMovie is like actually really difficult compared to uh, Premiere? iMovie doesn't does it exist any longer? <laughs> uh, I I think it does. I mean, I still have it on this computer. Oh, okay. I mean, I just got a brand new one. But I, I always found it so like limiting and so weird. Like I can't like figure out how to do the things that I want to do. But like in Premiere, it's like actually like intuitive and easy. Yeah, but also like Lightworks is a is a fantastic video editor that's free. Um, I've been DaVinci, using uh, DaVinci Resolve. Yeah, DaVinci Resolve oh, is, is great. The free one. Yeah, TikTok is a good one too. It's kind of limiting, but um, yeah, a lot of a lot of colorists use DaVinci Resolve, so it's it's sick. If you have Windows pre Windows 10, you can just uh, indefinitely uh, re uh, re up your like trial version, so you never have to pay for any Adobe stuff. Oh, sorry if that's interesting. Windows Movie Maker. Uh, no, down I use like oh. Premiere, like Premiere's like license or trial. Oh, license. okay. Uh, it's like really easy to. Windows Movie Yo, Maker uh, was fucked. Have you ever heard of this conspiracy theory that like there is no cloud? It's just like someone else's computer. <laughs> I have not. It's just your butt. <laughs> so good. Uh, I love that one. It's so good. Uh, I asked if they could donate. Come. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that one out loud, what? but okay, okay. You can, yeah. We will accept it. You will? How how can they uh, donate it? Uh, I don't know. Just just message us, I guess. We'll figure out. <laughs> Donate semen. I don't know. I guess you could. Uh, we'll send you an address. <laughs> a PO box. Yeah. Oh, also fucking Trashly, what's good? In Maine. A PO box in Maine. Yeah. To oh, send oh. your cum. Oh, so I got a random question here. We ask everybody, what do you put on your hot dogs? 
plain, dude. Nothing. That shit's fucking God sauces damn. and anything else is lame, dude. Just go with a plain hot dog. It's it should be an awesome dry. Matter, Holy too. shit. Alrighty. Yeah, dry shit is awesome, dog. Tenley's dry shit. Rob, we call we call some food we call Rob food because Rob will eat some pretty wild stuff. Uh, is this Rob but, food then? Last night I made chili dogs. Dude, I uh, got some Gardein uh, vegan chili, and I put them on some Light Life uh, veggie dogs and a copious amount of red onions, and it was a delicious red onion. Wow. Nice. I took mustard relish. That's, that's just a classic boy. Not a relish guy, yeah, no. You're a relish guy? I'll fuck, not too much stuff, but it just surprised me. Relish well, you know, is some good shit, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Rob will it's... eat like, a, I don't know, like people. Eat, Rob's favorite sandwich is a peanut butter and onion sandwich. The fuck? <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it it ranks up there. It's like a it's a good <laughs> ass sandwich. Jesus. Next Christ. time you've had a couple of beers, get some white bread, toast it, put some peanut butter on there, tiny bit of onion. A white, a white onion, sorry, and some honey. So white onion, slices, no. <laughs> long, honey, that sounds awful, and peanut butter. I got it from uh, Little Monsters. The I think it's 1986 uh, Fred Savage movie. Like um, their kitchen is a mess or something like that, and you only hear it from the background. I think one of the monsters had messed up the kitchen, but uh, his mom was like, you're the only one that eats uh, onion and peanut butter sandwiches. I was like, what? I'll try it. So I made it. I was like, it's a drunk staple now. I just love it. <laughs> Sam would literally Sam would puke if he took one. I, I just, I, I, watching you eat it, I would gag and throw up, dude. <laughs> How'd you uh, decide to put honey on there? Like, it's such a random thing to throw on there as well. It settles the snap of the white onion. It uh, just <laughs> brings it down a tiny bit. Yeah, what, it so what you might special, not get heartburn, too. What's the special date of the year that Waffle House serves that? There's one day a year that they do it. Which do they? Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think it's like on March 8th. Like on three eight. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> Should have called it Rob Day. Uh, so, thirty second go. Who? Wait, who are you? Thirty second go. Those are my homies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe Rob, you did a uh, guest spot with him, right? Uh, oh, me, got it, got it. me and Drew went went up and hung out with them uh, a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Uh, you asked if he's Robbie or Uncle Robbie. We used to call him Old Man Rob. Yeah, it's Uncle <laughs> Robbie now. <laughs> My favorite is how after the uh, right before we did Turtle Nipple after that tour, it used to be Robbie and it used to be Danny, and then Chris was like, uh, he was like, "Yo, Rob," and I, and then I like noticed it, and then he was like, "Hey, Dan," and then I just like realized that they had dropped the like. They dropped the Y. There was now like there was a transition and acknowledgement that they had like moved on to like their full name. They're not a child anymore. It's Rob. It's Dan. It's not you know Robbie. It's not Danny. And like it's kind of been that way ever since. You see the name on my uh, my Zoom right there. Yeah, I see. Robbie Smith. There he is. Weird that we started calling you Sammy Pira though. Yeah, yeah. Square me. Square me Pira, dude. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, you working on a uh, movie? Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to shout myself out real quick. I'm I'm uh, raising funding for a feature film called Grieve that I wrote with um, the bassist of uh, Horse the Band Dash Arkenstone. Uh, it'll What's be scored by um, depression, um, but also it's a, it's a horror movie as well. Um, yeah, it's just the horrors of depression, I guess. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, it's just about a guy going away to get better and uh, only getting worse um, by you know the influence of something else. Um, but yeah, Nick Reinhardt of uh, Terramelos is uh, scoring it. We have we, yeah, we have a bunch of musicians working on it. Um, the guitarist of Duck Duck Goose is acting in it uh, in a role. Um, the bassist of Loma Prieta is doing the camera work. Um, yeah, it, it should be sick. Okay, well, shit, man. Uh, you got like a good good funding behind it and stuff too, or what are we talking about? So I'm I'm raising it right now. We're not gonna get anywhere close to our goal, but I mean, we never really planned to. Um, but we're gonna make it for whatever we raise. Um, can can I give you the link and yeah, you can like, put it in the description or something like that? But also, um, it's I don't know I-G-G. if you're. I guess you're not actually on the the stream or whatever. I was gonna say you could just drop it in the chat. Oh, you don't even have an account. Never mind. But it'll definitely <laughs> be in the description on uh, all like the wherever the video is posted. I'll definitely put. Oh, sick. Time. Yeah, I'll give you the link or to post on there. Thank you. But if you have like a, a place you could direct people to go, like you can go ahead and shout out now if you wanted to. Yeah, it's igg slash at slash grieve g r i e v e. But you could also just type grieve Indiegogo and it'll pop up. Oh, someone uh, just threw it in the uh, in the chat. Oh, thank go. you. I uh, appreciate Jihad. it. it thank you, Jihad. Mister Quick Hands there. <laughs> So, um, why don't you tell us what your best show you've played was? Um, as Heavy Heavy Lola? Yeah, sure, as any band. Oh, gosh. I think, I think my favorite show, and I think Rue might also, well, I don't know. It's so, so this is a tie. We were playing like a lot of living rooms toward the end, and we were playing a living room in, uh, I think it was South Carolina, with Fear Before and Dr. Manhattan. And was it So Many Dynamos as well, Ru? Playing that show with the mustard? Uh, no, it was Fear Before. Yeah, okay. okay. Did you say Fear? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it said Fear Before, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, and never that, But yeah. Fantastic show. Um, sounds sick. I think we had cooked... Um, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, we were yeah, making yeah, Thanksgiving oh, and shit like that. And um, halfway through the show, like a mattress started crowd surfing. I don't know if it did it on its own or somebody put it up there. But Well, I don't think the mattresses s- can move around on their own, so... In South Carolina, they do. It's really weird. There's like a living mattress store, like in the heart of South Carolina. Um, but as it was partying, the the mattress, everyone was like, "Yeah, mattress, yeah, mattress, go, go." But somebody brought condiments from the kitchen, 
and uh, they were just spraying them everywhere. And the show went on. It was, it was beautiful. But that tied with uh, a show in L.A. on that same tour where there was like a whiskey fountain in the kitchen, like just like cascading whiskey down the thing. What? I think it was like old crows. It was pretty gnarly. But I think there was also a chocolate fountain with the same thing going on. Massive living room. Uh, Bleeding Kansas opened. Uh, that was like thriller played thriller as well. Yeah, was it thriller? Yeah, yeah, they both played. Both played. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was beautiful. That was, that was a good show. That's well, crazy. Also, we played was, mostly naked. I didn't was, play um, naked. Yeah, but uh, Jeremy's band from Thriller after that. Touche. Yeah, Amari. they didn't think, play. No, he but he played before Touche. Another band in between. Maybe. Yeah, he was there. Uh, he played for sure. But, yeah. yeah. Well, Daniel was there for sure. Horse Daniel. Yeah. That spot, it's like, um, it, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. We talked to some fucking Hollywood heads. It was like a house show, or house venue that put on. Then the next one we played, another house show in San Diego. It was also pretty fucking great. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a sick house show. Good time. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew, what's your favorite show? Y'all played. Yeah. Um, oh, playing some of the Australian shows are pretty sweet. We played like in an Adobe hut inside of an art factory. Which I was, was going to say that if you did. That's fucking yeah. sick. Um, I don't know, maybe like 100 people crammed in there and another 100 outside or something. Wait, how um, big is this Adobe hut? I was, I was thinking like a hut would be like the size of a it shed. Was, it was sketchily packed. Um, <laughs> it's like as big as a 7 Eleven. Okay. Like your classic Seven nah, Eleven. Yeah, like you don't think so? Like no, nah, I think it's half that. Yeah. Really? I don't uh, know. It was rather it large. It was small, man. It, it was like I, I would say it's as big as my living room right there. Like, and that's even like that's even. Yeah, that, that's how big Seven Eleven is. I mean, what my Seven Eleven is, is twice that size. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, you're in Livermore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking in city Seven Eleven. <laughs> I'm saying like San Francisco Seven Eleven, like yeah, the, Oakland, the other. Yeah, like a San Francisco uh, middle of Chevron gas station. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, that would be yeah. a good one. Yeah. It was, it was sick, though. The, and uh, we played with a band called Ornithologist. Do you guys remember that band? Yeah, they were sick. Where it was uh, two-piece. And they that's did, right, like, right. They're from New the Zealand. They were masks. the guys that were in that fucking... Uh, they were in that warehouse that that fool fell down uh, from yeah, uh, yeah. there before. Mm-hmm. They oh, uh, wait, would what? play like a... Uh, they were roommates at that. It was their warehouse that that dude from here before uh, fell Billy. through the roof. Was it Billy or, or was it Trey? I think it was Trey or whatever. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the, that opening band. It was their warehouse that he fell through. Got it. Because there was another incident where um, we were in Germany jumping off this, like, I don't know, roof onto a bunch of stacked mattresses. And then Mike, their, their bassist, like... <laughs> Fucking slammed his foot on the ground or something, and he broke his foot. Like, in, in, it's in, like in, his like heel or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. That yeah. So I, that's what I thought you were talking about. I was like, that's insane. Leave it to Mike. That fool's falling off of logs in the middle of swamps, oh blaming God. it on raviolis. Yeah, <laughs> the we had we were. We were crawling through a, a swamp in like Florida or something like that. There's like hell of us, uh, us in fear before, and 
uh, Mike, the bassist from Fear Before, was crawling across the log, and he had a a can of raviolis in his pocket, and he's the only one that falls off the fucking log. And like we had a video or something going. It was like, like a phone recording. Was like yeah, you could like hear. It's like <laughs> must have been the raviolis. <laughs> Like, like, like they were wagging about, yeah, wagging down that totally much. <laughs> Must have been the Marvels. Uh, that made me think of something else, but I, I guess I kind of forgot. <laughs> Once you press the Marvels. So Sam, what's your favorite show you played? I love this story because my favorite show is also my worst show I've ever played. Um, oh, but nice. I was I was playing in a band called Murder Parade for a while. Um, that was like a fun. Uh, like tech metal project that I was doing uh, with like a bunch of like good friends. Uh, We had this dude, Jesse Roback, who was our vocalist and he was like just a phenomenal vocalist, like in a phenomenal like stage presence. And he just like, it was like, I mean, the closest thing like to like to describe like what it sounded like is like what like knock loose does now is like what we were doing. Like they're like, like knock loose's vocal range is like what our vocalist was already doing at that time. And it was like, we were like very botch inspired, very blood brothers inspired, like, like super like into like lots of like just really like tech like heavy like fast riffs and uh we like we were so good like and and, like every like we would practice every week and our fucking like our time signatures were all like super weird and like they were really hard to like learn and like once i like like figured them out and like you know like learn how to play all this stuff that this dude mike was writing it was just like we were so fucking dialed and like uh our singer jesse he was the booking guy at this venue called the pound and uh, he got us on a show with this band called Severed Savior. And uh, it was Severed Savior in Origin. And they're all like yeah. tech metal, like metal bands. But like, we're like abrasive, like fucking like tech metal. Like it's like very different than like, you know, that type of like, you know, a Cookie Monster Scream type of shit, you know. And so. Uh, um, Origin, also, is like, yeah, Origin is sick. Origin is sick. Yeah, I mean, fucking John Longstreth is like what an amazing drummer. Um, but basically like. I, I had a, a trigger on our kick drum that would trigger these lights that would like, I had these floodlights that were on stage that would face the crowd and they would, so when you would do double bass, you just like cycle through all eight of them. Mm. And it was like super abrasive and super awesome. It was like, I was inspired by like watching like bands like Botch and Norma Jean who like had their own like light setups and shit like that. And just like, we're like, so like fucking like, it was like the heaviest like experience and like, just like visually and, auditorily and it's just like this is fucking awesome and so we we like had that dialed and we were like so fucking good man and we played that show and we like like three songs in people are just fucking booing us and throwing shit at us and like you could barely even hear us play because people were booing and like flipping us off it's so fucking hard it's almost like when like God what damn. happened with heavy on like uh sounds of the underground but like we were so good dude like like we were not <laughs> bad you know what i mean like they just like they were so like our point, like what we were trying to do, like be so abrasive and so like heavy, they were like so turned off by it. They were like, this sucks. Like this dude's voice, like, so, you know what I mean? Like, and it was like, it was such a good Were you like playing breakdowns and stuff? Is that why? No, I could send you some links of it, but it was like, I mean, it's just really like. It's kind of like every time I die sounding. And and if you could imagine a band like that trying Uh, to play with Origin. Yeah, yeah, with like like, tech death bands and stuff. There's no like fucking like, there's no like Southern like influence breakdown that every, every time I die type of fucking cheese shit. It's more of like the um, hot damn era, like super fast and like really cool, like fucking like punk mm. rock guitar tones, you know? Um, also we were like really in that band gallows and shit at the time. So, but yeah, like 
that that show was like so we had to cut our set a little short but like i remember like we had the best time after we finished that we like got paid and we were just like that fucking rocked and that fucking sucked like god and like that was like we played in front of so many people and like they fucking just hated us but like we were so fucking good uh so yeah that was definitely like my most memorable you know best and worst show yeah, that fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> but uh, heavy, heavy Lolo got booed. On Honestly, it's awesome, dude. You know? Other times, yeah. People didn't really. You guys had hot dogs thrown at you, dude. What? Well, next thing I was gonna go to was worst shows. So here we go. Uh, let's just hear about the worst experiences. <laughs> it was a blast. Yeah, actually, we enjoyed. We love it. hate. <laughs> God, <laughs> okay. we that love means you're doing it right. Don't like us. It's like um. We, we we like we enjoy that people don't are are uncomfortable by it you know like i think like pe- people were uh it's just like we were able to once you realize that you can make people uncomfortable then you can just sort of double down on that and, and make them even more uncomfortable by playing long stents of just like nonsense and stopping and making no sound and just like staring at them or actually engaging them and you know so Did y'all do stuff started, like that just like stop oh, and yeah. stare at people yeah a lot yeah <laughs> we were like we if, if we could tell like no one liked it we just spend i don't know we make like more time doing it kind of, yeah yeah exactly yeah we just we do this i think at times we would play harder and meaner as well though yeah, it was kind of yeah. Yeah, on Sands of the Underground, it was constant though, because it was like we we're playing with like Shadows Fall and and Amonamarth yeah. and uh, Goat Whore and all those types of bands uh, who dug us, but like their fans did not dig yeah. it. Like, um, so well, it was yeah, also a time in, when like the scene was like super divided between like yeah stuff and. Like, you know, I imagine it would still be the same in like the Midwest and the South because there's no changing those people's minds in terms of like you know, opening your mind to different music. I mean, no, no offense, Midwest and South people, but like in terms, if you like a Monomarth and Goat Whore, yeah, you're just not gonna, you just, you're just not gonna go for, you know, Heavy Heavy Lolo or. I remember Devil it was like Goat Whore and then fucking number 12 played. And it was like from metal to sass core. And people were just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, ah. I feel like those people. Why is still... he wearing white pants and an emo swoop? What the fuck? Yeah, we were wearing like a lot of Hawaiian shirts on that floor. Um, <laughs> I love that. I feel, I feel like that still exists, but like algorithms sort of like bring you to what you like. And so back then people like had to deal with things they didn't necessarily enjoy more often or stuff. Right. I mean, it's uh, the internet's like opened up everything, you know what I mean? And over the years people yeah. get more, it's more and more eclectic taste. like uh hyper pop, for instance, like that shit wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been accepted back then. You know what I mean? But uh, now it's, a, yeah, it's a I mean, deal. five years ago, it was the most like avant-garde thing with only like 30 people in a room watching it. You know? Right. Yeah. They spring in chat says, well, I remember seeing heavy, heavy attack. Sorry. No, what's up? Just like, I don't know. There's been versions of hyperpop for a really long time, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's just been very, very much more niche in the past. Yeah, I mean, like even saying like Trent Reznor is like probably like a really yeah, good yeah. example of just like super abrasive, like 
experimental shit that was like actually like immediately like, yeah i mean fucking apex obviously you know yeah um, i mean it's worth noting like the first time i ever watched the blood brothers play a show i like was so cringed out that i was just turning to my friend next to me like this band sucks i fucking <laughs> hate these people like who are these two two vocalists like who are they suck i can't stand them and then i i bought their album like weeks later because i'm a big ross robinson fan and it like that was like one of my favorite bands i watched them play 11 shows like i fucking love the blood brothers but i absolutely couldn't stand the blood brothers when i uh watched them the first time you know i was like offended you know <laughs> Day Spring says, I remember seeing Heavy Heavy Lolo at Sounds of the Underground and being one of the only people who liked them, and I felt so bad that people weren't into it. That fucking sucks, man. Shit. Thanks, bud. Yeah, don't feel thank you that. for. I mean, I get how, like, y'all would be so much different compared to everybody else in that lineup. I, like, that kind of makes sense that people weren't into you, but fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, me being a fan of you guys is like, type. shit, dude, that sucks hearing that. The, the weird thing is, like, uh, like, a bunch of I don't know, like, like people were giving us hate, but then you go backstage and like the people that were giving us hate were like, fuck this band, where's Guar? What the fuck is whatever? And then you go backstage and like Guar is back there, like yeah. acting like our dad, right? And they're just like, it's all good, guys. Like, here, get in my, my fucking golf cart, I'll drive it to your van. <laughs> and like, you know, it's, it's like it's really weird juxtaposition of experiences and stuff. Yeah, we made really good friends with Goat Horror. It was, it was really strange, but it was awesome. Yeah, all the bands are as well. It's all good. Tane Thrill says, I remember buying a heavy, heavy Lolo lighter at Sounds of the Underground. Also, Super, the bone cutter, 7-inch, was super well put together, constantly spinning, and it's a thing of beauty. Hell yeah. Fun fact, uh, we wouldn't always remember to not put those lighters not in direct sunlight on the merch table. <laughs> they would start to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> so good, dude. I was going to mention that. <laughs> oh, shit, that's fucking crazy. Uh, our, our, the person doing our merch uh, on that tour was Jihad, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he, he runs 12 Gauge. Uh, yeah. So he was on the front line. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> he has scars from the lighters. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, really. That's fucking crazy. No, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your weirdest show experience? Oh, uh, wow. Remember that one in Europe where, like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember that one? We were I pretty, mean, I think, I'll start off mine. Fucking. Yeah, mine please. is that Australia tour where. Uh, Dan didn't show up and Andrew was a few days late and I just had to play and I wasn't even in the band. So it was just me and Chris and Ron for like two shows or whatever. That show was sick though. That like gave me a it glimpse was, of what yeah. could be like if we started like a, like a power violence band. I remember just like we'd finish songs and then they'd be like, Whoa! <laughs> like, oh, thank God. I love that show though. I thought that show, cause we only played like Wollongong um, with that with us three it was sick that's when drew got kicked out of it because he tore off his shirt or whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> um weirdest show uh yeah i guess that european show because we were not like under the influence of anything but i think it was toward the end of the tour and we didn't want to bring the guitars home or something like that and Rue and Chris, or Rue and Danny were surfing their instruments across the stage while they were plugged in by the end of the show. And it 
sounded fucking insane. I think it was it, London. How do you do yeah, that? It was, it was like I, it was, they would set it down, it down like a, with like the a, uh, with the strings up, and then they would run across and then surf across. Oh, okay, like, okay, like you're getting on a skateboard or something. Okay, it was like um, it was a couple of shows before the end of it, and like it wasn't London, but it was like right around wasn't there. It? And, and like the crowd wasn't really into it. Like the, uh, they, Lon- London was into it. London was. That's why I know it wasn't. But it was a UK show then, yeah. Yeah, and it was. Like, yeah, offended people are by like ruining instruments on stage now. It used to be like fuck yeah, and then now it's like, dude, what the hell? That's hella disrespectful. You could have like donated that. Yeah, like, that? fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, so you guys got some shirts available. You still got vinyl available over at twelve at the twelve gauge store. Um, any other like bits of merch around? Like, do y'all still have tapes and stuff? I know you were selling tapes at some point, right? Tapes are gone. There's some vinyl. That's oh, really? Good. Yeah, it's on the um, twelve gauge store, which is on the Deathwish merch website. Um, and then the other thing, um, we were gonna put the our lot our our live. What was it? We did this math, the Mathcore live uh, show. We're gonna take the audio and put it on Spotify so people can listen to it. Hell yeah! I'll do that soon. Throw it up on Bandcamp as well. Yeah, I'll put it everywhere. I'll put it everywhere. I'll watch that. Hell yeah! Um, so so let's, let's uh, close it out with your album of the year for last year. Album or mixtape? I mean, whatever you want to say, man. <laughs> so good. Uh, I mean, my favorite album of the year would be Lowe's "Hey What." Uh, oh, nice. that album fucking blew me away and is absolutely like one of the most like forward thinking avant-garde pop uh, modern things that's happening in music right now um, it's fucking loud and it's abrasive and it's extremely melodic and it's uh, really unique and really smart and uh, I think it's like I think it's a pinnacle of like I mean it's like if I if we could like do if like we put it together like what we all wanted to do like that's a shining example of like pinnacle achievement, like of having like Rob sing like that and like make noise shit, like with no drums and just get fucking like absolutely weird. Like that's fucking tight. Uh, besides that, my favorite mixtape that came out is the Namasenda EP, which is uh, an AG cook production, which is the guy that we were talking about earlier. That's like my favorite dude in the world. Um, really, really, really good. Uh, Hyper pop. Uh, mixtape, a lot of good songs. Uh, interpolates a lot of like NSYNC and a lot of uh, other musicians, and it's like pretty cool to listen to. Really, really inspiring production, lots of cool melodies. Um, <laughs> and there's like a, a whole nothing is sacred, there's no rules, you can do whatever you want. You can fucking use whatever song is your inspiration to build a new song around it. You can do, you can use any sound to make any fucking instrument out of it. It's, it's super cool, super original. Nice. That low record is really, really good. Uh, my favorite, um, I guess it's my favorite. It's probably just the one I've listened to the most is uh, Adrian Young, who is a producer. He did a, <clears throat> he's been doing a series of records with this dude that I won't try to pronounce his name without it in front of me, but the newest one this year is called Jazz is Dead Instrumentals 009, and it's just, really great like studio jazz it's it's awesome it's like really good stuff that you could like put on and just drive and smoke to uh it's great yeah 
Because we uh, like weed. Weed is tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go with more, maybe more of your fan base uh, for this. Uh, like the thin thin's Dawn fucking rips. Uh, is that what? this year? No, it was uh, twenty twenty. Wait, are you yeah, talking about 2022? It's technically 2022. Oh, 2021. Well, they all yeah, 2021 fucking... is what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they Didn't they put out a release the, today? Uh, four-way split this... fucking race. Yeah. They oh, they did do a and... split, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that also oh, yeah, some... And also, um, uh, I saw um, World Peace, like, a month ago. Oh, yeah. Fucking album shreds as well. Is that 2021? Yeah, production band, no big deal, dude. These you know? are, yeah, these are all 12 bands. Yeah, that World so. Peace record is fucking incredible. Shout out to Charles Toshio, the guy who produced it at the studio. Nice. Uh, I need to check that one out. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't listen to music. <laughs> no, I get that a lot. Yeah, a lot of people don't keep up with like the metal scene. Again, what is movies, man? Like, uh, I'm curious yeah, what Rob's favorite movie is of the year and what his favorite television show is favorite book of the year titan is my favorite and i keep trying to push sam to watch that even though i know it's a little more uh transgressive i know his wife would not want to watch that movie what is it titan uh, titan uh, it's spelled titan for okay, us americans titan um but yeah it's a french body horror movie that veers from like horror to body horror to like tender drama to what it means you know binary does not exist you know gender fluidity it's and it like culminates in something pretty special it's a it's a fantastic movie so yeah Titan. and my favorite uh tv show is midnight mass um it's a it's by mike flanagan he did like the haunting of hill house uh, but Midnight Mass is like set on a New England uh, island, and it's 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 very Stephen King without being by Stephen King. Um, a lot of serious monologues and a lot of really gory um, deaths and fun stuff. It's good. What's your favorite um, I've never book heard of, of the year? One, uh, uh, one, Rob, but that guy who's that like priest on the cover of that, he's a really good actor. Hamish Linklater? Yeah, he's Yeah, fantastic. he's tight. I like him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite book of the year? Um, I don't know. This is, I read a book called Haints Stay uh, recently. It's like a, a weird Western sort of. Uh, mm. Pretty good. I, I read a lot of like, uh, I this year I recently finished reading all of the Cormac McCarthy books. Oh really? Thing. Uh, you read the Stonemasons? No, actually, I've read all his novels. Actually, I, I oh. yeah, because that's 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 great. I have it. I'll send it to you since oh, yeah, you, you sent me a Confederate of Jackals. I'll send you Stonemasons. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, Rob, have you seen Station Eleven? I, I haven't. I'm not interested in watching pandemic crap while we're in a pandemic or endemic or you know it's like post pandemic though it's pretty good yeah still i I enjoy (laughs) what about don't look up i haven't seen that yet i'm i'm definitely interested you should see don't look up it's fucking sick it's so good the only thing i saw about it is that it's fucking long i looked at it i was like let's watch this i'm like what it's like two hours and 30 minutes i don't have fucking time for that right now yeah it's like two and a half hours yeah something like that my dad liked that my dad really liked it it was really fucking good
Yeah. Seems really split. There people either think it's like really good or think people think it's really lame. I, I haven't seen it. anybody say it was bad. Yeah, because it's political, so it's like you're gonna have the like political confrontational. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, um, anyway, yeah. um, I do want to say I didn't, I didn't get a chance to gush too much about you guys, but your EP is fucking fantastic. It's my EP of the year. Like I yeah, really looking for forward that. to seeing like a, getting like a fulling from you guys at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, y'all are fucking killing it. And uh, yeah, that's about all I had that to talk lot, about. Thanks, y- that's the reason we make it, you know. Yeah, oh, fuck really yeah. So. Ideally, a guy like you thinks it's awesome, and, and hopefully, it's someone like you's favorite fucking album of the year. So I appreciate that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's about all I had to talk about. Unless you had something else you want to bring up. No, thanks for having us. We will create music, uh, but uh, we're all busy. So yeah, um, I made like, a beat to play like us ten out. years from now. We'll probably be good. Yeah, no, it won't be that long. We are, we do have a text going where it's like, when should I schedule some flights? So it'll happen. Don't worry. Maybe we can do uh, one of these when um, we're on tour with Heavy Heavy Lola. Oh, yeah. We should should do it um, while we're in the van. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a good idea. Well, uh, so you you miss Heavy Heavy Lolo, I miss Heavy Heavy Lolo, we all cried ourselves to sleep over, but the boys are back in Bonecutter. Go check out their insane self-titled EP, which came out back in, back in April through 12 Gauge Records. Uh, you guys are on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, YouTube, uh, not Twitter, and uh, all streaming platforms. Um, you can check out uh, the merch store, uh, I don't know the, the link anymore, but uh, it's through Death Wish. Who cares? And we're going to have it down in the, dis- in the description of uh, all the videos and stuff. Um, am I missing any kind of socials or anything like that? Anything y'all want to shout out before we get going? Chatterbaitstudios.com. Wait, okay, so we got Chatterbait, and then what was the other thing we got? Pandastudios.com, my studio. Panda Studios? Yeah, that's my recording studio. Okay, sick. Send me uh, links or whatever to... Uh, yeah, to absolutely. Um, as for me, drop my channel a follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to interviews before they hit YouTube and streaming services, as well as some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music with Sound of Inscreation at thesoundofinscreation.bandcamp.com. My new album, Boomer Zoomers, Desperate Coomers, is out now. Uh, my next guest is David Norman from Zegama Beach Records. Join us this Sunday the 9th at 7 p.m. Central for the live cast. Thanks for being here, guys. Hope you had a good time. Thank you. Hell yeah. Shmack my beach. And uh, thank you guys for watching and listening.